Drive and Double Feature presents A Spooky Minute Spent in a Ghost House, Episode 33. This is a minute-by-minute podcast hosted by me, Dan. Hello. Uh, covering Spookies and Ghost House, two second half of the 80s haunted house uh, movies that are a lot of fun. And uh, we are on the uh, 33rd minutes of both of the movies. Um, and this this is being recorded on January 8th, 2022. You'll probably hear it in the first half of February, 2022. If you go to the Frankenstein, 70s Friends of Frankenstein episode, you'll hear me give you a quick update on what's going on and everything that's happening. But here we're going to dive right into the uh, the minutes. So we start with Spookies and then we do Ghost House. Spookies is American, Ghost House is Italian. And with Spookies, everyone is split up. They're inside the house. They know they're going, there's something is after them. And uh, the one couple, um, Duke and Boobs, have gone, I think, into the basement? Or, or at least through a door. And uh, the girl with the British accent and the guy who has the bad allergies are staying on the first floor. And the older gentleman, uh, the gal who's related to boobs, and the guy who has Mookie, the puppet, and has a uh, shirt with a photo of himself on it, they're going upstairs to check out what's going on. Listen to this. We're not creeping around some haunted house. It's much safer here. I don't know. My mind is made up. I'm staying here. I guess we're staying here. Not a boy, Dave. That's putting her in her place. Shut up, you brains twirl. All right, all right. I'm not going to argue with anybody anymore. Let's go. I was really hoping something would happen in this minute. Unfortunately, it didn't. Um, but uh, you, you, the guy is named Creon, the old guy. And it, it, it's... I will say this. Since there's nothing... if When you begin to watch the movie and you, and you, you think of like, okay, so all the people in the house, that's the original director's vision. And the stuff with the Catman and the stuff with Creon and the stuff with the Bride. Um, the stuff with Billy earlier on. The stuff with the, spoilers, zombies later on. Uh, that's all. Those were all bits that were added in later on, uh, and as much as they may have denigrated those bits, um, the weirdness of the Catman creeping around the house and the strangeness of this young, beautiful woman in the coffin, and this old guy looking at her, the the weird, and her coming back to life right here, the oddness of that stuff is making the fact that nothing is happening in the other footage making is boosting it. And I, I've, I think I've said this before, like, at, at this point in the movie, the best stuff in the movie has been the added stuff. Now, I think that's going to change because soon we're going to get to the sort of show pieces. But, like I said, this is a... what do we got? Approximately 85-minute long movie. The, the Blu-ray is saying 85-22, but you get that Vinegar Syndrome logo at the end, which is like 10 seconds. So let's say 85 minutes. We're 33 minutes in. And... and Apart from the woman becoming the monster and and throwing people around for a minute or two and the guy getting sucked into the ground at the grave, nothing's happened in the main version of the movie. Um, 
all the interesting stuff has been in the second the secondary stuff or the or the follow up the later on stuff and so i'm um I'm glad to say. I mean, because I, I think I think especially on the Blu-ray, the the way they've the 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 bride with her the the dead bride waking up and slowly looking around and he he, he the old man kind of looming over her and then her saying his name, I think that's more sort of atmospheric and interesting. And even the Catman creeping around wherever the hell he is is more atmospheric and interesting than the endless chatter of the people in the room. You little twerp. What is a twerp, anyway? Uh, and they're going up the steps, and the other two went downstairs, and the other two are going to say, that's, that's telling her. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, what is a twerp? I, I, I twerp, I mean, a twerp is, is some, I, a twerp is always kind of like a, geez, I don't know, when you call someone a twerp, you you were intimating that they were smaller than other than the others. You little twerp. You well, then sometimes you say you little twerp too. Jeez, maybe I don't know what twerp means. I mean, to me, when I called someone a twerp or someone called me a twerp, that meant you were kind of smaller than everyone else, or kind of littler, or kind of that was belittling someone. Calling someone a twerp was to belittle them. Um, but then you'd also call someone sometimes a little twerp. You little twerp. But isn't twerp kind of little anyways? Isn't that kind of um, gild in the lily there, as it were, in your insult. What is, what is the word I'm looking for? The, your little twerp is a... Jeez, you guys know the word I'm looking for. Um, but I forgot it because um, I've, got a, I've got a lot my mind is on with this minute. Actually, there's not a lot going on in this minute. Yeah, they go up the steps. And I will say this. At, at this time, I mean, this was made in 85, came out in 86, barely got a theatrical release, basically went to video. And... Some of these shots, like the shot with the bride, with the, with the, and I will say this again, the second unit with the red on the left side, the red on the white side, the white the uh, the white in between her, uh, that and her face is really, really nicely framed. I mean, the red on the left maybe stretches out a little further, farther, further, farther, farther than than it does on the right, but it's still it's still very nicely framed. Whereas there are two shots in a row from the original footage where you can see boom shadows. And they're both on the edges of the frames where if you were cropping it for 133, you wouldn't have seen them. So if you look at when they're going up the steps on the far right, on the doorway, you can see a boom shadow. Basically, you see people moving around, you see their shadows, and then whenever you see a shadow that isn't, you can't figure out where it's coming from, that's the boom shadow, generally. And there's a boob shadow on the far right, and then it cuts to three people going up the steps, and on the far left, there's a more prominent boob shadow. And both of those boob shadows, if you frame it at one three three, you wouldn't see the boob shadows on either shot. So to me, looking at that, I'm like, they put those shots in there because they knew this was going to direct go, go direct to video, and you wouldn't see those. That's the only reason I can think of. Two shots in a row that are very different shots where you have the boom shadows, one on the right side, one on the left? Come on. Even H.G. Lewis didn't do stuff like that. I mean, that's that's shoddy. That is shoddy um, uh, work. That I mean, you're not... The boom shadow's not supposed to be in it at all, and I haven't seen a boom shadow at all in this movie, but to see it, two shots in a row? On either side, one one at the bottom of some steps, one at the top of some steps, that's shoddy. And to me, that's so shoddy it almost, like I said, screams out as if it were something else, as if it were not 
as if it were, oh, you shouldn't see those boom shadows because that's meant to be cropped for 133 rather than 185. But if you were seeing on the big screen, if you were seeing on the big screen, I think you'd definitely see the boom shadow as they're going up the steps. I don't know if you would have seen it when they're at the bottom of the steps. I just happened to see it because I saw just a shadow in the bottom right-hand corner just caught my eye. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, who is that? What what shadow is person is that from? And was, it's not from anyone. It's the boom shadow. But the other ones, clearly, you could see not only the boom, but you could see a bit of the pole. And so I was like, ha, huh, jeez. I always think, like, one of the one of the weird things with, with horror in the second half of the 80s is that when you that's when you began. And I've said this before, but I'll say this again because of what I, what I just saw, that most films were going, more horror films were going direct-to-video or were made direct-to-video than were going theatrically. And the way you can really discover that is... If you can get a copy, I think they're very expensive right now, but, but Garage House Pictures, are they still around? I bought a bunch of discs from them real cheap, like Foes and The Great Bloodstalkers and Supercock um, uh, and The Trailer Trauma 5. Um, but um, they did five trailer traumas, all wonderful. Um, are they still around, though? I feel like they are not. They were great. They put out a bunch of great stuff. The Intruder, Trailer Trauma 3 and The Intruder. Uh, and Bloodstalkers are enough to um, uh, recommend them. But they put out Trailer Trauma 3, which is 5 hours and 15 minutes, or 5 hours and 20 minutes, I think, of trailers from the 80s. They go from 80 to 89, alphabetically within each year, and 80 to 80, 80 and 81 are over 2 hours, and then 82 through 89 are like 3.5 hours or so. And, and you see as you go along that even though there were probably more horror films made in the second half of the 80s than there were in the first half, the, the number of trailers drops precipitously. And so by the time you get to 1989, there's like 20, 25 minutes of trailers, and you'd be forgiven for thinking, oh, wow, 89 was a bad year for horror. It may have been a bad year for horror, but I can I can probably name another twelve to fifteen films that went direct to video and didn't have sixteen millimeter or thirty five millimeter trailers. I don't remember Spookies had a proper trailer, but I know that it got a very limited limited theatrical release and then went direct to video. And those the shoddy boom shadowy stuff. I mean, see here was the thing: seeing it in the bottom right hand corner of that one shot, I was like, okay. That happens. I'm watching it in high def. There's every good chance that if you were watching it on the big screen, you, you may have noticed it, but it wasn't as prominent as as because there's so much other stuff going on. But then seeing another boom shadow in the very next shot, or I forget if the Catman is in there, but it doesn't matter. The next shot in the original footage is shoddy and makes me think that that was not supposed to be there. That was supposed to be cropped out for 133. I don't know. I'm just saying, um, because it was a fascinating time. You know, and it was one of those things when, when we were in the midst of it. Like like I've said before, I started renting horror movies and things in late 87 um, when I was 14, when I got over my fear of the dark. And that was such a good time for horror because you had the films that came out in the theater. And then for every film that came out in the theater, you had at least two where you'd be like, what the hell is this? Where did this come? You know, where did this come from? I've, I've never. There's the the believers and blood cult. What is blood cult? What is the Ripper? You know, what is the last slumber party? You know, what are what's iced and what what terror ten killer? You know, what are all these movies? Fatal images, Black Devil Down from Hell. What are all these movies? And um, it was a it was a hell hell hell, hell of a time, and. Um, 
And I don't know, you know, going on to Ghost House, I don't know what Ghost House's theatrical release was like. I mean, it's a film mirage, so I imagine it was not much. Because I refer to, what is it, the, the Deep Blood Blu-ray, the um, um, semi-Joe D'Amato-directed Jaws ripoff from 1993. That one on the blue, the Severn Blu-ray, that it looks gorgeous, but on the Blu-ray, it's 133. And and I th- I think they say somewhere on there like we we're unsure where we were unable to find out what exactly the aspect ratio of this was shot in, but we knew that this went more or less directly to video, so we framed it at one three three. That makes sense to me. I I would prefer to have. At the end of the day, I, I would prefer to have it sort of at that frame. I mean, because if you, if you go at one eight five, you're going to get stuff like this boom shadow stuff. You're gonna you're gonna get weird weird framing of of things and i think as always what is it the uh i i think i've i think i saw this once and then i always look away but what is it the x-files bad blood from season five the great vampire one written by vince gilligan the he said he said she said episode where there's a bit where um and i know i've said this before but but sometimes we wander in circles with some of these um uh but but let me just just say it again that well there's a shot where the the pizza boy vampire attacks Mulder in his motel room and like Mulder falls down on a chair or something and the chair breaks and Mulder like in the 133 version that most folks saw um, on their on their television he reaches out a frame and pulls up a, a stake like the leg from the, the chair but in the 178 widescreen version he reaches over and you see like a hand holding on to the stake that Mulder, that David Duchovny grabs and pulls it, and you're like, what? We weren't meant to see that. And that is ha- that happened. I think that happens on Buffy. I'm told that happens when they widescreen Buffy. You you see, um, you'll see things on the edges of frame where you're like, I shouldn't have seen that. I shouldn't have seen that. And I think the, the same thing with this. Like, I I am wondering if, if we ever get iced. Here's the thing. If they could do Beyond Dream's Door, if, if Vinegar Singer could, could do the fun but not great beyond Dream's Door, um, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation-wise on Blu-ray, then surely maybe Ice could be done. Although I heard that Ice is just a mess of of film reels and things, so maybe not. But I'd love to see, like, Ice, if that was widescreen, whether they really use the widescreen or not. I mean, in this, so far they're using the widescreen. Let's make that a thing. We'll hop to Ghost House right now. If we remember Ghost House, I think um, the music was playing loud and that one guy, who the, the other ham radio guy, was approaching about to go in a room. And, um, but maybe let's look at the Spookies. Let's look at the Spookies widescreen from here on in. I mean, I don't think we should have to do this with Ghost House because it's Umberto Lenzi, and he always sort of worked in the widescreen thing. But it, with with the people who made Spookies, I don't think they ever. I mean, I know they worked on Igor and the Lunatics a bit, but they never really made another film. I think. So let's look at the widescreen in the next few minutes. Ghost House, like I said, I, I don't think we need to. But anyway, anyway let's, hop to, let's hop to Ghost House right now. God's sakes, 
Somebody help me! Help! That was like a that was a perfect minute long vignette because uh, it yeah it begin well it begins with the gal the the younger sister running away from the shaking camper and then it's it's the um the the second ham radio guy uh, with the first one being jeez I forgot her name now you know who I'm talking about her Hilda no Greta Gertrude you know her they're sitting in a van somewhere her and her boyfriend they came down from Boston. Uh, this is the second guy, and it's kind of a perfect little little uh, vignette where he goes in the basement, and there's a very evil-looking ceiling fan, or fan, not a ceiling fan, just a fan spinning and spinning on his side, and it's unplugged, and then he sees the little girl with her clown. The clown looks almost like it has, like, um, like, like bread rolls for cheeks. I wanted to crack one of them off and eat it. It was delicious with a little butter. And the, the the yeah the gal is giving him the evil look, and then he proceeds to go through the lines that uh, we heard the previous night on the, on the ham radio, and then one of the blades flies off and cuts his throat, and he drops to the ground dead, and the blade stops at the end of the minute. They almost they must have known I was going to do this because it ends just just spot on perfectly. Um, I guess we're going to get some sort of explanation of this sort of temporal weirdness of this uh, it almost it reminds me of some respects and I'm 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 not going to go any further farther further further farther than this but it almost reminds me a little bit of screen time the anthology uh which which came out direct to video I think like a year or two before this um it's it's I don't know if you've seen it's like a couple of hoodlums somewhere in New York City steal a video from a video store and two guys and girlfriends down and watch it it's three tales and they're british and um, I don't know where they're from, but um, where the t- stories are from, I feel like they're Hammer-esque, but, but one of the stories in there has something. I'm going to stop now. Um, but it kind of remind me of that because, because there's, because um, I mean, this obviously the little girl and the clown are, I mean, I feel like the clown is maybe uh, to, 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 go, to go British again, maybe the clown is like a stone tape kind of thing, something evil that was ingrained in the something evil was in the house and got into the clown and they moved into the house and it sort of affected possessed the little girl and now her and the clown are sort of working together to hurt people i mean because i I can't imagine the little girl i mean they do say that she killed her cat or whatever in the beginning i can't imagine she's she's that evil she might be however some kids are real douches um but 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 I like I like the fact that maybe yeah it's the house and the house was infected with an evil and it somehow got inside this doll clown clown doll sort of like the doll uh, Kathy's curse kind of thing, and and now it's infecting the little girl and she is returning from the dead to kill, and but somehow she kills when she kills him here, and so so there's no ham because. The, uh, 24 hours ago I'm going to call her Greta and Paul, I forget their names they haven't been in here for a few minutes that's why I'm forgetting their names they were listening to the ham radio and they heard what this guy said the rather stilted dialogue he delivered now the dialogue, he delivers it badly there's a shot of him 
with, uh, and I'm mentioning widescreen, there's a shot of him with his face in the center and his hair is kind of going up the top and wings out at the side that kind of fill up the frame beautifully. And I thought, see, that's nice use of the full frame. Although I don't, I don't remember his hair being that goofy. Maybe he's getting tired and that's the, my hair goes strange sometimes too. Maybe he's a haircut as well. He's not going to get a haircut now because he's dead. Well, he might get a haircut before he goes in the grave, I guess. But so, so 24 hours ago, they heard him yelling this and then getting killed. So they came out to here to find out what it was they found. So now they're monitoring the house to see if they hear anything. He goes in the basement when there isn't any ham radio equipment around and speaks the words that they hear on the radio 24 hours previously and in fact recorded. But how is it being recorded down there? I guess we'll find out. Or we won't. Because you, you would think that when he was saying those lines, somebody help me. I love the way he says somebody help me because who, who is he talking to? There's only one other person in the house and they're, what, three stories above him? He, had, he told that person to stay there? Who else would be helping him? The only other person there is the sister, the younger sister, who as far as he knows is on the camper, which is outside of the, outside of the house on the lawn. But I, I mean, I, I imagine that those words were spoken when he was at the ham radio equipment which is why it picked it up and somehow sent it back in time so that couple heard it and then came out to hear and so some they must be involved in some fashion or or maybe it was just an accident that it was recorded it was recorded somehow went back in time and he happened to be at the right spot and picked it up got involved in the adventure but as we're seeing here he's nowhere near microphones or anything so how how was his voice recorded unless it's a supernatural thing? I mean, if we're in the realm of um, like Evil Dead ripoffs and such, and obviously we're, this is La Casa 3? So, so yeah, so, so something like this happening isn't terribly odd. I was, I was watching um, Bloody New Year on Blu-ray, and that's a pretty nonsensical film, and Norman J. Warren says in it, on the commentary, one of the reasons he loves doing he loved doing horror films is you just made up your own rules. You did whatever you wanted, and that's kind of what's happening here. I guess maybe we'll find out, but yeah, it's it's just a little weird the way it's done because he's not near a microphone or anything like that. And then he, when you hear him on the tape, he sounds rather stilted and like, eh. And this isn't terribly convincing. But it isn't terribly convincing when he does it for real either. And I, I actually think from looking at it, to give the actor their dues, I think he he is somehow being hypnotized. And I think I think actually what's happening is, and I don't know this for certain, but I think what's happening is the girl is doing this because she knows she has to get him saying this and then she's throwing it back in time so the other people will hear it and come out there for that day so so this is sort of her perfunctorily like okay we need to record this now you need to yell this now so we get this on the airwaves so we can send this out there because i think she's hypnotizing him in some fashion because the way she's looking at him and the way he's speaking is so unnatural that i think He's not in control of himself anymore. So, 
So we lost one of our people here, but we still have the guy upstairs. We got the little sister running around, and we got the three people in the van. So, um, and we got a murder. So uh, hopefully things will build from here. I was hoping Spookies would build, but hey, we got a little vignette, vignette, vignette. That's a minute-long vignette of uh, this. Hey, that ain't bad. Hey, someone got killed finally in a horror film. Fantastic. So uh, that's the end of this minute of uh, this uh, this episode of Spooky Minute Spent in a Ghost House. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Dan. Uh, we'll be back with Minute 34, Episode 34, very soon. Listen to this. <laughs>